Welcome back to Cooking Up Sports with Gage Bowles. Today we have a great show planned for today. Uh, our first item of business is going to be cooking it up with the Utah Jazz. Let's talk about the Jazz season. They had a great year. The Jazz played super well. Um, they had a 50-32 and 32 record this year. They were playing way over 500 basketball. They were playing 6-10 basketball. They were only seven games back from first place. In the conference, the Jazz were 30-22 and 22 at home. The Jazz were 29-12 and 12 in a way. The Jazz were 21-10. and 10. So, we can be proud of Utah. Utah had a great year. They make it to the first, they make it to the playoffs. And then the first round, they get beat, unfortunately, by the Houston Rockets, who just had a titch better season than them. And... Unfortunately, that knocked the Jazz out, but I think the Jazz this offseason are going to be looking to switch some things up, get some key players, and get going with things. I mean, they're going to have a great offseason. I mean, you have a good year, so you're going to start shooting for a better year. So, I mean, I don't think that we can be too disappointed in the Jazz. The Jazz... Got the number five seed. They played the number four seed. So, I mean, we can't be too disappointed. Um, but let's really talk about the Jazz's offseason and what I think is going to happen during the Jazz offseason. Uh, first side of a business, I think the Jazz are going to go after my pro- my personal favorite free agent, D'Angelo Russell. I, I'm just – I've got to be realistic, though. Um it would be really tough to get D'Angelo Russell considering his restricted free agent status, but hear me out on this. I mean, D'Angelo Russell had a prolific season with the Brooklyn Nets that earned him an all-star bid this year. He was scoring, he was passing, he was doing it all. He was carrying the Nets. Uh, those are, I mean, we can argue, though, that it's much easier to come by that in the East than it is in the West, but he was still very much deserving of that all-star nod. I mean, Russell was posting this season 20.3 points and 6.8 assists per game while leading the Nets into the playoff mix. I mean, they they played the 76ers, won game one by a great score, and, you know, they just lost the rest of the series, and that's fine. With the team they had, I was proud. He did have a shortcomings, though, as every player does. But as his, but as a playmaker and possibly a potential second backcourt scoring option to to Donovan Mitchell, he could be very versatile. Uh, based on some of their interactions, they appear to have a good relationship with one another as well. Meaning this could be an ideal match for some for some chemistry. This could be some good chemistry between Donovan Mitchell and D'Angelo Russell. So why not? Um, but why would an upstart Nets team kind of give him away? They're looking to continue to grow in this offseason. You know, the Nets have really been just thrown in jail, kind of tossed around because of some poor financial decisions. The Nets have just made some bad decisions. But finally, Brooklyn has some spending power this summer, and they're going to go after some major players. They're going to go after Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, and they've said this, they have sufficient cap space for two max players. They can sign two max contracts this offseason. They are going to face some tough decisions this summer. They're going to have to draft well, 
they're going to have to decide who stays and who walks. So, you know, and if they want to add two max guys, this is what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to decide, you stay, you go, so we can get these two all-stars. Um, they have the opportunity to add these two max guys. It's just how they approach getting them. And if they get these two max players, I don't think there's any possible way that they'll have to that they'll keep D'Angelo Russell because he's going to want a big contract because of his all-star nod this season and the season he had. I mean, posting up 20.3 points and 6.8 assists per game is solid. Those are solid numbers that any team would be lucky to have. So if this ends up being the case, the Jazz should be ready to swoop in. They need a young and talented guard of his caliber and it could be a great step in stepping up Utah's backcourt. Utah needs a better backcourt. And we've seen it. Ricky Rubio was, you know, he did a fine job, but he wasn't the player the Jazz wanted him to be. I think he could have been a lot better, to be honest. He could have been a lot better. Second off for me is Kemba Walker. I mean, he's one of my favorites as well. Walker's great. He's just, he's a D'Angelo Russell in a sense. So let, let's let let's still talk about the backcourt. He would, Kemba Walker would join the Jazz's backcourt. It would be a massive upgrade for them over Ricky Rubio. I mean, Ricky Rubio is the biggest upgrade the Jazz have had since Darren Williams. And that's saying a lot. So I think the Jazz should go extremely hard after Kemba Walker. Walker is an all-star in the East, and he's an all-star for a good reason. He's had insane numbers over these past seasons where he's carried those Charlotte Hornets. He hasn't, he hasn't carried them to the playoffs yet, but he's still carried them on his back. So his back must be hurting, and he's ready, I think, to join a team where he isn't going to have to carry them. He knows he has teammates there to help him as well. I mean, look at Kemba. He just, he comes up big time in the clutch, and he does it. So this past season, Walker averaged 20, 25.1 points per game to go along with nearly six assists. So, I mean, the only downside to him was his three-point shooting was down this year by a large percentage. And, I mean, we didn't like to see that. We like to see Kemba at the three and be consistent. Kemba, though, did average 9.1 threes per game. So it was definitely a good number to see as opposed to a Ricky Rubio who was rarely taking a three in a game. And really, we don't know. We don't know. Um, but I think a real question for us as Jazz fans to consider is, does Walker truly want to leave Charlotte and leave Michael Jordan. He's expressed nothing but loyalty up there, and he's shown a deep connection with the Hornets. And now that we've seen the past seasons they've had, the woes they've had, the just the crap they've gone through, he has still stayed loyal. So I think there's going to be an issue of loyalty to see if Kemba even kind of leaves. But... If more evidence surfaces that he wants to leave, he kind of is tired of being on a bad team, the Jazz should swoop in. Getting a star of Kemba's caliber 
to join their ranks in the backcourt is going to be huge for Utah. Donovan Mitchell needs somebody in the backcourt to back him up, give him the rock, help him out. That would be huge. Okay, my next free agent is, I think, unlikely to leave the team he's on. So I'm just bringing this one up for fun. And the free agent I'm talking about is Milwaukee Bucks' Chris Middleton. Do you think the Jazz can really retain Chris Middleton? And I don't know. I just want to believe that they can. Uh, Middleton, after this season, is an unrestricted free agent. And we have to take into fact, though, that Milwaukee could possibly make the finals and Chris Middleton can possibly earn a ring this year. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what changes the Bucks roster could undergo this offseason? Who knows, really? Um, Utah should make a hard push for him. Chris Middleton had an all-star year this year. He's that all-star kind of caliber player. He's got those awesome scoring abilities. He does have the capability to play some good defense, and his defense could be very well played here in Utah where we stress defense. We have Rudy Gobert. We did have Derek Favors. Jay Crowder comes hard. Donovan Mitchell plays some great defense, and so does Joe Ingles. So his defense is going to be definitely something that we need here in Utah. Uh, Middleton also has that ability to create a shot and spread the floor as a dangerous stretch four option which really works in Quinn Snyder's offense. And Quinn has been looking for a guy that can do that. Not saying that Joe Ingles doesn't do that and neither does Derek Favors, but Chris Middleton has that ability to shoot while Derek Favors just kind of developed the three. And, you know, the three isn't looking like the best shot for Derek Favors. But the only bad thing is, just like Kemba Walker, Middleton scoring was down this season. But he has a lot, but that has a lot more to do with the dominance of Giannis Antetokounmpo than it does say about Chris himself. Giannis definitely was the man guy scoring the points, and he still is. I mean, Giannis carries a big load. But Middleton has stepped up. He's proven his worth. I mean, the man was an all-star this season, and he's come up in the clutch. And I think he could be a star here with the Jazz. He could be somebody that really improves the Jazz's record and helps improve their offs their postseason chances. He will be hard to get. I mean, there's no mistake about that. He is definitely going to be a guy that is going to be pursued after. I would be surprised if he left Milwaukee, though. I mean, he loves it there. Um, you know, he is going to be near the top of Utah's wish list, though. They're going to want him. They're going to push for him. So, I mean, at least all the Jazz can do is just try. Um, my next free agent. He's personally one of my free, my favorite free agents because of what he's done with the Clippers and the Sixers now. You know, we have to admit, after landing Tobias Harris, in, the 76ers got a lot better. We have, to, we have to say that. As an L.A. Clipper this year, he looked amazing. I mean, the Clippers just... The Clippers just couldn't uh, handle his, his salary anymore. So, you know, they traded him to Philly. Philly did have the cap space for him, but it might be hard to pry him away from Philly this season because Philly's going to be able to pay him a big paycheck. So... 
But he did have a hard time in the playoffs. The Sixers disappointed. I mean, they did have Joel Embiid. You have Ben Simmons. You have Jimmy Butler. And you have Tobias Harris. And you still lost to one man, Kawhi Leonard. So that, to me, is just not... It's just not something. Just not something. Hopefully, uh, the Jazz can convince, though... Tobias to come over here. I mean, Tobias this last season averaged 20.7 points per game, and he shot 42.3% from the three, which is an absolute dream. I mean, he. I mean, I personally think he's a, just a. He's better than Joe. He shows his potential every game. I mean, not saying that Joe Ingles isn't bad, but Tobias Harris is just a lot more. He's a lot more prolific pe- player than Joe Ingles is. So. That really, to me, is going to be kind of big. Um, let me list off the kind of smaller guys maybe the Jazz could go after. I mean, you do have Jeremy Lamb. You have Bo. Sorry, I always botch this guy's name. You have Boyan Bogdanovich. Maybe you even, you know, speaking of Chris Middleton's teammate, maybe you kind of offer something to Malcolm Brogdon. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe you offer something to Julius Randle to take care of hit you know take care of Derek Favors spot that's missing so um a guy that I think could also be a good free agent for the Jazz is gonna be the Boston Celtics backup to Kyrie Irving Terry Rozier Terry Rozier recently said that he wants to leave Boston so I think the Jazz maybe should kind of look at him I mean scary Terry is definitely something that could happen and make the Jazz better um, another one could be Alan Crabb. Who knows what's left for him, though? I mean, what's left for him? And finally, for me, you got to look at a guy who recently played on the Clippers, Jermichael Green. I mean, he, he has his flaws. I mean, he only shot 47.9% from the field this year and only shot 39.1% from the three. They're not the most solid marks, but... I mean, I wonder if he joined the Jazz, if those marks would definitely improve. So that's what I think is going to happen for the Jazz this offseason. Finally, though, with the Utah Jazz, let me tell you, Jazz jazz fans, something. I think the Jazz are going to get rid of Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio was not what the Jazz needed, I think. I mean, going to Jazz games this year, watching Rubio play, Rubio can pretty much pass, but Rubio can't score. It looks like he's afraid to drive. Ricky doesn't have a really mid-range game, and he doesn't have a whole lot of a three-point game either. I mean, Rubio can make him, but Rubio's rarely taken those three. So that, to me, just isn't something that I want. Um, But that, guys, is cooking it up with the Utah Jazz. Getting really spicy. Um, Now we're going to move on to what I think is going to happen in the finals, who I think is going to make it to the finals in why I chose those teams. So let's talk about the Portland Trailblazers and Golden State Warriors series. Ah, Man, I don't even know how to describe it. Portland, I want Portland to win. But, I mean, they're down 2-0 right now to the Warriors. On on Thursday night's game, they got beat 114-111. to And that was rough. That was rough. I mean, the Warriors came. I mean, the Warriors and Blazers came out strong in the first quarter. The war the Warriors only scored twenty nine, with the Blazers only scoring thirty one. Blazers in the second quarter scored thirty four, with the Warriors scoring twenty one. So the halftime score was definitely it was a margin 
there was a margin between the two. But in the third quarter, I mean, the Blazers only scoring 24, the Warriors scoring 29, and then in the fourth, the Blazers just couldn't get it done, only scoring 22 in the quarter with the Warriors scoring 25. Um, and the biggest thing for me is Lillard. Lillard is stepping up. He's trying to make things happen, but his it's just his teammates not stepping up. I mean, Lillard in Thursday night's game played 42 minutes, had 23 points, 10 assists, and 5 rebounds. So how do you not say he's doing anything? I mean, his teammate CJ McCollum's also helping out. He's he's played 39 minutes with 22 points, 5 assists, and 3 rebounds. Seth Curry came to play. He got 29 minutes back behind 16 points, 2 assists, and a rebound. So definitely not disappointing. But a guy that I think needs to step up is Al Farwak Aminu. I mean, he has 20 minutes, only scores 9 points with an assist and 6 rebounds. That's disappointing. Another guy that needs to step up is Ennis Kanter. On Thursday night's game, he only had 4 points with 5 rebounds. That's not going to get it done. Um, one of the biggest guys for me, though, in the series has been Rodney Hood. Rodney, in Thursday night's game, got 21 minutes with 12 points. He had He had an assist. He had... To rebound, so definitely good numbers for Rodney Hood within the 20-minute time span for him. Kind of disappointing, though. Kind of disappointing. You want to you wanna see these teams, like the Blazers, beat a great team like the Warriors. And I thought that was going to happen on Thursday night's game, but that just didn't happen. I mean, the Warriors came out. Steph Curry had 37 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists in 39 minutes. It was crazy. A big guy also in that game for the Warriors was their shooting guard, Clay Thompson, at 41 minutes with 24 points, two assists, and three rebounds. A guy who also came up clutch for the Warriors was power forward Draymond Green. Green played 33 minutes. He had 16 points, seven assists, and ten rebounds. So, I mean, and they had they had solid players coming off the bench, too. I mean, the Warriors put in. Jordan Bell, he does pretty good. Kevon Looney does pretty fine. So, um, uh, a player I think for the Warriors that kind of needs to step up just a little bit is Andre Iguodala. Iguodala played 31 minutes. He only had four points, four assists, and five rebounds. That's a little disappointing. But the Warriors don't really need Iguodala to step up in order for them to win because when you have... Steph Curry, you have Klay Thompson, you have Draymond Green. You kind of don't need to worry about those kind of things. So in that series, I think the Warriors will win. I think the Blazers will win one game. That's it. That's all I. That's all I have predicted. Uh, just because the Warriors are a powerhouse and they get things done, so I think Warriors are taking that series and make it to the finals once again <clears throat> for another year. Uh, the Bucks Raptors series. Raptors are down 2-0. Friday night's game was a rough one for the Raptors. I mean, they'd lose 125-103. to And really, it's just, it's on the team. It's not on main man Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi played 38 minutes. He had 31 points. He had 8 rebounds and 2 assists. So how much more can you ask out of Kawhi Leonard? You can't. Kawhi is doing what he does. But, I mean, you need to ask more out of Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol. I mean, Marcus Gasol played 19 minutes with two points, five rebounds, and an assist. That's it. Kyle Lowry played 39 minutes with 15 points, four rebounds, and four assists. So, I mean, how do you, 
how do you win with those kind of numbers? Uh, the biggest guy for the Raptors coming off the bench was main man Norman Powell with 25 minutes, 14 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. That was impressive. That was great. Um, a kind of a disappointment in the series has been Danny Green. Danny Green on Friday night's game only scored 8 points with 4 rebounds. He did have no assists. So they need to get going. They need to get going. And obviously the Raptors, I think to me, aren't going to win the series. I think the Bucks will win the series. It doesn't matter if the Bucks win it in Toronto or they do force it to home again. The Raptors force it to Milwaukee. I think the Raptors are winning that. I mean, not the Raptors, sorry. I think the Bucks are winning that series. I mean, Giannis is taking care of business. I mean, we saw that in Friday night's game. In Friday night's game, I mean, Giannis played 35 minutes with 30 points, 17 rebounds, and 5 assists. 17 boards. A big guy in the series has been Brooke Lopez. Brooke had kind of a slower game two with only six points, four rebounds, and three assists. Uh, Chris Middleton had a pretty good game. He only had 12 points, though, with one rebound and an assist. So definitely not numbers we want to see. But it was fine because Giannis took care of business. And if you're a Bucks fan, you got to be happy. I mean, the Bucks took care of it. So... Good, great series. Uh, so I think the finals will be Bucks Warriors, and I think the Bucks will take those, will take the series in six games, six games. So, I mean, I I just think the Bucks are powerhouse, and you know we saw it in the regular season. The Bucks took down the Warriors a couple of times, and so I mean, that that's personally what I think is going to happen. So, um, our last and final segment for today's show is going to be on the Salt Lake Bees, and we're going to talk about. Their last, their last couple of games. Uh, unfortunately, there's kind of been a rain. There's kind of been rainouts, but I'm proud of the Bees. The Bees took their last series against the Reno Aces, and the, I mean, the Bees have been, they've been playing solid. They've won five in a row, looking to make it six in a row with a doubleheader tonight, possibly seven in a row. Um, but I think the biggest thing for the Bees this year has been. DH slash third baseman Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward on the season right now is hitting 303. And on Tuesday's game, he had four at bats. He got a hit. He had an RBI. He walked. So I think he's been a good thing. Um, I think another big one has been Cesar Pueo and and right field and just in the outfield in general. I mean, he's hitting 325 on Tuesday's game. He had four RBIs. So. The Bees are kind of having a rough year, though. I mean, they're 15 and 23. They've been losing a lot of games, but I mean, when you've won five in a row, you're you're on a roll. You feel good, and you're ready to go here at home against the Las Vegas Aviators, and you're real, you're ready to take that series from them. So I think that's what the Bees would do. Personally, that's just me, though. That's just me speaking from the heart. Want to thank all y'all for watching the show today. Uh, make sure to check back next week for show times. And you know what? If you have any show suggestions, what you'd like to hear on the show, you just shoot me, shoot me an email at gagebulls27 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening today, guys, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. And thank you once again for listening in to Cooking Up Sports with host Gage Bulls. <laughs>